What's good, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in. You are listening to Man to Man, the best NBA show, where we bring you the latest topics around the NBA on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the hoop star, Nash. All right, we do a small talk hoop. What do you want to small talk about? Because I usually ask you the questions and you kind of feed back at me. You got anything? I was gonna ask you. You out in California still? You've been uh, you've been chilling out, or how's it going, man? How's I it have been? got to get home, dude. <laughs> I've got to get home. I drunkenly booked a flight out here last week for about nine days, or I guess nine nights, ten days. Right? I'm leaving tomorrow. I mean, dude, the time difference. Still, I talked about it last week. It's kind of screwing me. You know, I was on the whole Tinder thing, trying to trying to ask girls out. That's not happening. So. I don't know, Hoop. I got to get back to Tennessee. What do you say? The, the the girls out here are very beautiful, but they're also like Instagram models and everything else. So a guy like me, average Joe, ain't got no chance. Ain't got no money. So so you're you're making it making it back to to the old Tennessee land, huh? Yeah. What do you think about that? I go back to my old natural roots. I, you know, my mom's gonna ask me how it, I was at the house that Michael Jackson died in in Beverly Hills two days ago. Yeah. Weirdest experience of my life. Spooky videos, everything, dude. I, I woke up. Lake woke me up the next morning. I I jumped like crazy, dude. I was dreaming about Michael Jackson haunting me. So uh, it's cool out here. Um, but, you know, hoop, you're in Indianapolis, probably just chilling. I'm ready to get back to Nashville, my guy. I definitely feel you. I feel you. I think you uh, – I mean, it's good to have some vacation, but, you know, you miss home every once in a while. So We shouting out Yaz Apparel? For sure. Let's shout right. him out. I'm going to let you shout him out. You want to do that? I mean, yeah, I guess we'll we'll talk about a little Yaz Apparel. Uh, I guess shout out to Yaz Apparel. Yeah, uh, yeah shout out to Yaz Apparel. <laughs> we got to right. do it to them. The hottest streetwear available on the market. They got the most exclusive, fresh, trendy items, including different set hoodies, T-shirts, and more that will fit perfectly in your everyday attire. NBA players like Jackson Hayes has a Yaz hoodie in his arsenal. And hey, every item sold, they donate clothing to the homeless. So it's a win-win. You look good. Do it for a good cause. And plus, everything in the store is 50% off at the checkout. That's yazapparel.club. Go check them out, and we will always throw the link in the description for you guys. For sure. Shout out, Yaz. They're good stuff. I'll get into the recap last week if you want to talk about this week. Sound good? For sure, for sure. Little recap of last week before I shut up, but I'm not going to. We interviewed Indiana University's Aaliyah Hassan to talk about her future in sports broadcasting. And simply what it's like to be a female in sports, in the sports industry. It was super cool. Fun interview with Alia. If you miss it out, if you missed it, go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, and most importantly, who? Share with the moms, man. You got to share, share with, with your moms. Yeah. Uh, I guess for this week, we get, you know, we, we find out who's in the finals. We will kind of recap some of the games for this week that happened to get to the point. Um, we got the Heat and the Lakers in the finals. Uh, I guess I guess we'll start with uh, the Heat and the Celtics. You know, they played on Sunday night. Um, but kind of to recap to how we got to that point and how the Heat got to the finals, we'll start with the game four where it looked like um, pretty much the Celtics lost all hope. We saw Tyra Hero. He put on pretty much a show. 37 points, um, 14 of 21, and he had five threes. It was kind of his, you know, coming out party, they may say, to, you know, as a rookie doing something like that. He's the youngest player to have 35 points in the playoffs since James Mm -hmm. Worthy in 1988. 
I guess my one real question to you after seeing game four and his performance, I know we got some buddies on the, on dash Raider. They interviewed him. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool to see, but do you think Tyler hero is he, is he the real deal for you? I mean, you were crushing on him last week a little bit. Um, so I wanted to know, was this game four and his performance there? Was that a, I don't know. Was that a shock to you or did you uh, see that coming? I, I don't know, man. I feel like we've seen spurts of this all year, right? With the Heat, Tyler Hero. It just seems – well, everyone's talking about the whole superstar, you know, maybe the rookie of the year should have been him other than Ja. But, I mean, this guy, he's he's putting an organization with Spolstra, a, a, probably a Hall of Fame coach in my opinion if you ask me. You got Pat Riley running that organization. You got Jimmy Buckets. You got vet guys. And then you just have a solid player like Tyler Hero – said 35 plus youngest do it since James Worthy I know in game three and he, he comes off the bench in game three we're talking about game four but the prior game he comes off the bench with 22 points yeah I think he's the real deal dude two-year contract about seven million total and uh, it's gonna be he's gonna be a rich man in the next couple of years my only thing about Tyler Hero is I don't see him becoming like a super superstar I think he'll be a good player I've kind of compare him I would say maybe like a Danny Green He'll be on some championship teams, you know, and he'll be a solid piece. But I don't see him being anything more than that. I think he's kind of overrated. I mean, he is a very good shooter. But I guess in this game, the biggest thing was that, you know, Brad Stevens didn't make any halftime adjustments after he had 22 in the first half, I think it was, or 24 in the first half. And that's why he popped off like this. I guess they didn't really have an answer to him in that. But I guess to keep moving on, um, in game five, we see that the Celtics, you know, back against the wall, down 3-1, pretty much, you know, win or go home. They win this one kind of convincingly for me, uh, 121 to 108. And the two young stars, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, pretty much led that way. They combined for almost 60 points in that game. And it was the first time that I really saw that the Celtics were playing basketball like the Celtics play basketball right and for me it was just it was cool to see um but I I don't not know I mean obviously they they lost here in, in game six but I just after seeing that I don't know if you know the Celtics are you know stable in the in the group of guys that they have I guess the question here the only thing I would think of is after losing a series um to the Heat do you think they'll make any changes in the offseason now? Or is this their – are they sticking with it? Are they going, you know, packing up and, and saying try again later or next year or what? What do you see for the Celtics? It's tough because they got new guys on their roster, Kimba Walker. And we're, we're even looking at a Clippers team like PG and, and Kawhi. And there's such high expectations with teams like that first year. So I'll give them a break. But at the same time, I don't care if Kimba Walker's there or other guys are there like Tatum and Brown. And specifically, that team as an organization the past three out of the four years have been to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then you're playing a Miami Heat team who, yes, has been there, but not since 2012. So to answer your question, changes, yes, may, may be very probable. And, and we'll see. I don't even know what draft pick they have. But the Celtics always have some ridiculous, like, in the middle first round. I don't know. Do you know at the top of the head? Uh, not off the top of my head, but I know they have a couple first rounders this year. Well, they get those guys who they picked up 
in the last year's draft, I mean, you, you get those guys incorporated with that taco fall and you get a solid second group. I really think that was the problem. You got Miami heat, Tyler hero should be a starter, but he's not because he fits super well into that second group. So the second group needs to improve. I think Kimba just needs to get better. His whole thing with us talking about, you know, what Kimba's doing wrong is not taking enough shots. So you see Tatum, you see Brown, two young balls. Uh, I mean, you can't have two out of the five guys performing every single night. Right. I think I I, kind of agree with you on that. My biggest thing for the Celtics is, like you kind of mentioned it, last three or four years, they are not there. I mean, they get there, but they're not. They don't take that next step. And I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, big changes, like maybe like a trade for, you know, a Jalen Brown and even maybe getting rid of Kimber. I think he'll stay. But I think there will be a one, maybe two big moves for the Celtics just because they're, you know, they haven't gotten it done. And I, I will cut them a little slack because, yes, they are led by two very young players. But those two young players have been there. They get it done, but they don't take that next step. And I think, at least for right now in the NBA, everybody has that mindset of when now, if not, something has to be changed. And they've been there and they haven't gotten it done. So I think there will be one big change. I think that's the biggest thing that I see for the Celtics. We see, I guess, the elimination game in game six. Celtics, they were up, I believe it was eight or so um, in the second half and Miami goes on a huge run 23 to I think it was eight um, 23 to eight um, and it was it was it was almost like the the Celtics ran out of steam and that was I mean that's how, how series go you know you you get down to the wire you get into that fourth quarter and it, when your back's against the wall you have to produce and the Celtics just didn't do that in game six so they're a team who just can't close out. You know, we see them. They had all those leads in this series, and especially in game one and game two. And then even in, in game four, they're up like 85, 84 going into the fourth. That game, they had 19 turnovers. And so they're just a young core, dude. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about the Celtics besides they can't close games, especially when they had the lead by 10-plus points. It's almost – I mean, it, it's pretty – it's laughable and it's almost embarrassing that – they let a Miami Heat team now playing the LA Lakers in the finals. That just doesn't seem realistic. And I think the Heat are going to, or the Heat are, I don't think the Heat are going to win more than one game in the finals. Right. I, I think I agree with you. I mean, they, like, I guess for the Celtics, you, you have to be able to accomplish, you know, in the big moment. And we saw in game six, you know, they lose and, I, it's almost laughable to me that the Heat actually did make it to the finals. You know, you got the Bucks getting bumped out of early. Then yeah. you have the next, like the Celtics or the Raptors maybe. Yeah. And the Heat were just kind of like a, you know, put the pieces together and see if they work and they really do work. So, yeah. I mean, credit to those guys in the front office putting together a team. And I think the bubble kind of fit Miami's game perfectly with the the younger guys. and. Now we'll see them in the finals, but I think I agree. I don't know if what that that will actually look like against the Lakers could be a, yeah could be an easy sweep, you know. Yeah, headed over to play the Lakers, um, and and we'll just jump to the Lakers over there on the other side of the um, the the uh, conference in the West. Lakers Nuggets series. Let's just talk about that real quick. I mean, 
we got to talk about the Lakers. You know, we do that. And honestly, we're going to be talking about the Lakers for the next probably, I guess, two episodes. So bear with us, guys. <laughs> if you're Lakers fans, holler at us. Um, but the Lakers Nuggets, you got to shout out Nuggets for what they did. I mean, they made history. Shout out to Mike Malone and Denver and the whole organization over there. Got to give credit where credit's due, right? You come into the bubble, doing in the possible, coming back from a 3-1 deficit in both both first and second rounds. I mean, you you ask about changes with these guys. They're almost like a Miami Heat team where I don't think they'll be making too many changes in the offseason unless they're paying guys more money to just keep there. They need that core group back. Um, but, you know, Lakers Lakers were dominant. And, and, and like Chuck said, man, it was a guaranteed win for the Lakers. The Lakers have shown that they are the dominant team. They will be the favorites to win the NBA Finals. The people that were saying Clippers, Clippers, Clippers never saw it, never bought into the hype. You have Lakers team, and, and you got to put you got to put your money in LeBron James. You say 3-1, down 3-1, you think the Nuggets can do it again? No way. They're LeBron James and the Lakers. So especially with bringing big ball back with Dwight and, and JaVale, Looks like those guys are, are glad to be batting out there. But, um, yeah, the Lakers advanced to the NBA Finals since, you know, first time since Kobe Bryant and, you know, that supporting cast back in 2010. So you had Steve Blake, Ron Artest, Pau Gasol. It's a crazy team. Then you look at who the Lakers have now. I mean, you put that in, in pin on paper, I that's, that's a guaranteed series win. If LeBron loses that, I mean, we're talking about his legacy, 10th time to the NBA Finals. This means nothing if they lose. They have to win this NBA Finals. Otherwise, I don't think LeBron James is even comparably in, in the GOAT conversation anymore. Right. I think you – I want to touch on a couple of things you, you brought up. You know, Dwight Howard, I'm glad to see that he he was kind of a force in that, you know, game five for the Lakers. He really came out with energy. He got this, his second start in a row. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how the Heat kind of deal with him and, you know, Bam Adebayo being a young, kind of slimmer, big, dealing with, you know, that front presence with AD, but that's more especially Dwight Howard. But, yeah, I think it'll be a good matchup. We can talk about AD and LeBron and all of that, but really what it comes down to for me is it's the combination of who LeBron has as a supporting cast from guy one to guy, I think I would say about guy eight or nine down mm-hmm. the bench. And it, you mentioned it there. It's a very strong group of guys that, you know, have really good veteran presence, you know, the, the Rondo, even like, I would even say JaVel McGee. I know he's kind of younger, but he's still, you know, is a, is a veteran in my eye. You got Danny green, been there, done that, won a championship. So, yeah. You're 100% right in saying that if the Lakers don't win this, LeBron's legacy will be hurt for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't see them losing. Um, but I'll tell you what, if they do get down, if, if the, the Miami Heat are a team that can close, they did it against every single team. The Lakers struggle here and there. We've talked about it. You know, sometimes they, they – I, I think their chemistry is there. I think it's gotten a lot stronger after each series, but we've seen them not be able to close a lot of the time. And so that's just where the Miami heat is going to take advantage. And the Lakers just got to be careful. I think Frank's got to kind of, I think we'll see different adjustments in this final series, especially after game one, just to get a feel. Um, I don't know. Do you think they're going to play small ball with, with Dwight and Javel? do the kind of same things, uh, I guess, sequences that they did against Denver? Uh, for me, I think it, 
I think they'll keep Dwight Howard in the starting lineup and kind of put the pressure on Miami Heat to guard the Lakers. Um, I don't know if the Lakers will change, you know, to try to match up better against the Heat because the Heat play, you know, Bam. Then, I mean, then it's, you know. It's pretty much Bam and then Olenek just like at uh, the bottom of the key. Yeah, and then, I mean, next, sometimes they have, you know, Jay Crowder in there with, yeah. you know, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Jimmy Butler. I mean, it, it, you know, they do play the small ball, but I think the Lakers are going to be so dominant and putting that, you know, pressure on the on that, uh, that back, or that front court to really guard them because if you put AD and, you know, Dwight in there, I don't know if the Miami Heat can guard them both at the same time. So I'll tell you what, I think the the thing that we talked about with Avery Bradley and Rondo being out, obviously Rondo's back, but obviously after an injury, so I don't see Rondo being at like a full 100%, you know what I'm saying? But that was like what we talked about going into the playoffs, what the Lakers lose with Bradley and Rondo being out is that defensive you know, side of the ball, especially at the top of the key. But I do think they capitalize on, you know, the big. So I think they'll keep the biggest. I think, like you said, I think Dwight Howard is a, is a guy who brings that vet status. And we saw that he kind of gets in people's ears, you know, and, and he brings that energy and he's the most athletic I think we've seen. So I think the bigs for the Lakers definitely have that advantage. But then like you look at the Miami Heat, dude, and they've done a defense that it's like high school defense that no NBA does. They do a, a three, two. Um, with the the guys up front being their forwards, so with Rondo or whoever it is, Caruso, I think that's the biggest adjustment that Frank will have to make is just playing pretty much zone offense, and and whether that means you know kicking it to the middle and then back out to Danny Green and KCP, who we have seen have been, I think, a liability for pretty much the whole playoffs and have been pretty un- unreliable with their shooting. They shoot a lot, but. I think that's the biggest struggle that the Lakers will face is trying to adjust to that 3-2 defense that Miami does a phenomenal job at. Right, and I think you're right in saying that they will play some zone. I think that's the best way that the Heat will be able to guard the Lakers, you know, and in a zone, you always got to think about shooting. You know, when I was playing basketball, I would love a team that would play a 2-3 zone and just, you know, kick it out and get a bunch of open threes, but I don't think the Lakers – I mean, I think the Lakers should watch out and not fall into that trap of. Were you hitting those threes though? Were you hitting threes on the corner? I mean, I was hitting threes all over the court. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter God. where it was at. <laughs> okay, okay. So you you got a better shot than Danny Green, huh? Or if you're gonna uh, start missing, you're gonna have to go out there and, and teach him what's up, huh? Uh, yeah, something like that. But I don't I don't want the Lakers to fall into that trap and thinking that they have to shoot threes against that zone and. Yeah. I mean, yes, but when you have LeBron James and his playmaking abilities and his decision making, he'll make it. I mean, he'll make it work and he'll get the best shot available. Oh, I just want to shout out while we're in Lakers. I just totally miss us in the small talk. I was at Staples Center when I was in Beverly Hills the other day. I don't know why I mentioned Michael Jackson's crib. I went to Staples Center (laughs) and then I went to the Kobe and Gianna mural. They have murals all over LA, man. It was, it's, I'll tell you what, going out Hollywood, it sounds so cool. I'd say Hollywood is one of the nastiest places you ever go. Do you stay away from Hollywood Boulevard? But I will say, Staples Center, you said you went to a game there? Yeah. Super yeah. badass. What game did you go to? I went to – it was um, it was Kobe's farewell tour. Um, they were playing the Kings or somebody. I don't know. It was 
it was whenever Kobe's last, you know, farewell last season. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm, it was back in 2016, I believe. So I wanted to make sure I got out there. And- they got all the statues out there, dude. I'm waiting for that Kobe one. I'm sure they'll have it here. I don't know by the end of the year, but they have so many statues. It almost looks just disproportional because you're like trying to just walk in the stable center. You're like, oh, excuse me, statue. So right. it's crazy. I mean, I think it, it's pretty cool at least to see, you know, Jerry West out there, Matthew yeah. Johnson. So I'm glad that you got to go out there and see that. I was, I mean, I wanted to hear your feedback about that for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, super cool. Super cool experience. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's go into man-to-man worthy or keep it moving. Uh, Is it that time? Are we going to, okay, let's get it. Yeah, let's let's get some things here. We got a couple of news, you know, head, headlines. Uh, Billy Donovan gets the the nod for the, the Chicago Bulls head coach. Um Good, good coach. I think. I mean, he does well with young guys and you know development. You wanna, you wanna talk about this one, or I guess I'll well, let you decide. You, you just, you just tell me. Yeah, um, it's a good hire. You know, Jim Doylen or whatever got. I don't see him coaching anywhere else in the NBA. Uh, obviously, when OKC was out, it was kind of like a Mike D'Antoni thing. That Billy Donovan respectfully parted ways. He did what he did there in, in OKC. Um, what did he have a, a record in? And it was he was two forty three, and one fifty seven. So that's over five hundred point six zero eight. Um, five consecutive trips to the playoffs, winning percentage ranked sixteenth in NBA history. I mean, you got all these numbers kind of behind like a guy like Nick Nurse. You know, when when we're talking about winning percentages and things like that, um, even behind Greg Pop, man, point six seven five or Greg Pop. Obviously, Greg's been in. in you know, the league for two decades, but still he has a winning number over 500. The Chicago Bulls, they got Levine. I don't know if Levine is overrated or not. Um, they got, you know, Wendell Carter Jr., a couple other, uh, Colby White. So I think those guys can produce and perform. I think a lot of it just begins, it obviously begins with like a starting group of guys, like a, a solid five with a team like the Bulls. But I think the biggest advantage in having like a second group of guys, like sustaining a second group of guys makes it all the better. Obviously with the Bulls, we don't know even what their starting five is, but yes, I think Donovan, uh, I think Billy Donovan will come in there and help him out a little bit. So right, I like I, that. I like that pick. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent with you. I know there's some trade rumors to try to get uh, Bradley Beal, um, him and Billy Donovan, obviously, you know, playing in Florida together. So I think that might be a big step, you know, get another you know, asset for the for the Bulls to move forward. You think he's higher in Chandler Parsons? <laughs> I don't know no, about that. No, we don't think so. <laughs> Chandler Parsons <laughs> made too much money. He's just sitting on the couch, man. He ain't. Yeah. He's not doing too much else. Uh, next up, we got Michael Jordan. He starts his NAS his own NASCAR team. He said he grew up watching racing. I don't know. Is this are we are we talking about this one or what? Um, I guess it's good to get like another like black male as a face in NASCAR. So cool. Good for them. Right. Uh, but yeah, Michael Jordan, I guess he's running out of ideas or he's getting bored with his money. I mean, he's fucking through like a hundred million to charity like three weeks ago. And I guess he wants to buy a NASCAR team. I think it helps though with, with changing the narrative of white people, predominantly white people in NASCAR and hillbillies and stuff like that just being fans of nascar i personally don't don't like nascar i don't care for the sport at all you're in indiana so indianapolis 500 is probably pretty fucking cool to go to i'd probably go but yeah michael jordan brings some you know a a different narrative to the sport of nascar right keep it moving 
All right, we'll keep it moving. Biggest, uh, I guess, Twitter beef you would say that happened this week. We got Tory Lanez uh, yeah. coming out on first. I first saw it on uh, Instagram. He releases a song on SoundCloud mm-hmm. about J.R. Smith's jump shot, and I don't know. You got anything else on that one, or you want? What about? Yeah, I'm. To- I mean, I'm Team Jr. All day. Tory Lanez like has like these R and B weird hit songs. Not a huge fan. Last time we heard about Tory Lanez was uh, how he came out and shot Meg the Stallion and Stallion in the foot or something. And he just he just came out about that like three days ago because he was like, okay, I got time today. <laughs> um, I think the lyric was Jr. Smith. It's the pot that piss. And you, the last cat that should talk about some shots that hit. Um, that is incredibly <laughs> wrong. First of all, Jr. claps back, calling him a clown. But Jr. Smith, are you kidding me, dude? Even though he doesn't even play that much, he broke an NBA playoff history record. Like what, two games ago, eighth all time three pointers, and like surpassed Kobe. I'm almost, I'm almost positive it was Kobe. He passed. Yeah. So it's yeah, Tory Lanes. I don't know, dude. Dude's just like, I feel like rappers like that that want to throw out a diss or just trying to get more clout, especially right. with a guy like Jr. who's like still in the media. Right. So good for Tory Lanes. Maybe it's a, a marketing strategy, but Tory Lanes. I mean, you're shooting girls and you're shooting women in the foot and in the feet, and then you're trying to just diss Jr. Smith, who is. I mean, I'd put him as that in about a, as a huge uh, future Hall of Famer for sure. I don't know. It weird vibes to me. Weird vibes. Weird vibes. But I, I'm I'm glad Jr. You know, kind of you know, chirped back a little bit, and I agree with you on the the whole front of you know trying to you know clout chase. Who else to, to you probably looked at the Lakers team was like, who can I you know yeah. get a diss on? And and you know, obviously you're going to the finals, so yeah. It was. I mean, it was funny to listen to the song itself. I think was very bad, but it was. Did you listen to the song? Yeah, I listened to it. It was. It's not very good. Yeah. I mean, he just. It was obviously probably just recorded in one take, and was like, "Hey, throw some beats on this, and let's get it out there." But yeah, nah, yeah, it's, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, next up in the news this week, we see that um, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson, you know really you know went through a hard injury and he's back on the court at practice after missing I mean you know, I think it was about 426 days let's just call it 400 plus days um without practice gets back on the court is this worthy or are we uh keeping it moving here glad to see he's back but fuck dude it's the Warriors again like okay we're gonna see at least some from really good basketball next season no cap on that one, shall I say, my soldier. <laughs> keep it moving. All right, we'll keep it moving for you. Uh, we got the 76ers really want to pursue Mike D'Antoni as their head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, front office comes out and says that everybody, you know, will be available to trade if Mike D'Antoni becomes the 76ers' new head coach. And I guess another little side note to that. Is they're thinking that they can maybe, you know, attract a James Harden trade if Mike D'Antoni is the head coach. Um, we know that Harden loves to play under Mike D'Antoni's system, gets a lot of shots. What is this about? I, 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 I'll let you take it. Do you think, should we talk about this? or are we Yeah, let's, let's do it. Mike D'Antoni, I think he's going to go to the Sixers. 
Okay. There's been a lot of heavy rumors about that. Think he's going to go to the Sixers. The Sixers, let's talk about them real quick. Um, 37 years since they won an NBA title. It's terrible. I think the last time was Julian Irvin. Have no idea. Wasn't even alive. Um, and then the Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons duo, uh, that's, it's a drought over there. They need some help, right? The duo has been unable to, to carry them to a respectable postseason run. They got absolutely embarrassed, or as we like to say on man-to-man, fucking cooked. In round one, they sack head coach Brett Brown. So, yes, bring Mike D'Antoni in. And Harden is a free agent in two years. Not next year, but two years. See what I don't know if they try to trade Harden in the offseason. I'm not that intellectual about any of the offseason trades and, and free agents. You, you kind of take the role more on that. Uh, I don't know. Can they trade Harden after this season? I don't know. It's kind of with the Chris Paul thing. Does somebody, another team, have to pick up that contract or what? Right. So for, I mean, definitely, I think the first line would be they'll have to split up the duo, Ben Simmons and B. They'll have to pick, you know, one of those guys to trade away. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the front of trading James Harden, he's definitely, he can be traded. And I mean, 76ers, I guess, would be the front runner if they do get Dan Tony to possibly get a Harden. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's all possible. There's no restrictions of, you know, trading Harden or anything like that. And they can do it pretty much any time starting today or I guess for them whenever they whenever they do or if they, you know, sign Dan Antonio as a coach. But, yeah, I think the biggest thing we'd have to look at is this could be the, the unraveling for splitting up Joel Embiid and Simmons. See, I don't see them splitting up. I, I feel like they're talking about, like, adding on that third. I don't see them splitting up. I think I they'll think, try to get Harden or something like that because they, they need a shooter on that team. I mean, you, you have Simmons averaging, like, 17 points at the point guard, but I've never heard of somebody getting to the NBA and cannot make a shot. So <laughs> they, I think they keep Simmons. Simmons is on injury right now, so I don't think – uh, the value for Simmons right now, like with a James Harden, you need to throw so much more in there for James Harden. I think they they sell the rest of kind of what they did the Clippers, sell everything else, first round, second round, futures, whatever, get James Harden in there with Ben Simmons and Joel. Yeah, I think that would be – I mean, that would probably really shake up the NBA. It would be probably the craziest thing that happens in the offseason if it does. But, yeah. It I think be, a third team would have to get in, in, involved too, for sure. Yeah, maybe just to to get the cap space, you know, working and, you know, a legit trade. But, yeah, I think that would be a scary look. Um, it gets Harden out of the West, you know, and into the East, probably a little easier road. And I don't know. I just don't – I don't think Harden would ever want to see LeBron James to his road to an NBA, you know, finals. So, if he – we're just going to do that in the next couple of years, I guess, until LeBron James, you know, retires, mm-hmm. headed over to the East. Perfect move. I, I understand. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get upset for, you know, chasing rings if I was Harden. But, right. but yeah, definitely. I like it. I like it. I think they'll, I, th- I think they'll get Harden. Yeah. I think it could be a, a big move there. Um, I guess that will do it for man to man worthy or keep it moving. Thank you guys for staying with us. Uh, you are listening to Man to Man, the very best NBA show out there where we bring you the latest 
topics around the uh, NBA. Our second half of this episode is brought to you by StatiCapper.com. StatiCapper is here to help simplify your quantitative analysis in the gambling world. StatiCapper can be used for a whole range of people, whether you are new to betting and trying to learn what a good bet is, or if you've been in the game a while. Me and my uh, my co-host, Mr. Twesington, use this every day to see where we can get an edge on all of our bets. Go check them out. Uh, that is staticapper.com. Um, and I guess just help the community win, man. Help the community win. Um, yeah. I guess we'll go into our gambling segment. You have been kind of – I mean, you were on a on a cold streak this yeah. last couple of days. You've kind of turned it around um, winning, I think it's two in a row, maybe three in a row now. I think I'm at three in a row. Yeah. So big uh, – I'm going to take me through your bets this week and we'll t- kind of talk about it. Okay. So the bets, you know, lost nine in a row. So got to bounce back. You, <laughs> you can't stop betting unless you win your last one, right? And then you lose again. My bets, I had Tatum over 25 and a half in game five. That was that do or die game. Tatum was terrible. He only had 10 in the first half. That, that third quarter – you know, they finally did some 17 points in the third quarter. So he was, you know, over 25 and a half by the fourth, uh, cash that out. And then Lakers game five minus six and a half. I think teams like that, man, when you have spreads like that, that are like minus four and a half or minus three and a half, those free throws, you had to take that into consideration. So I like the spreads. I usually don't bet on the spreads. I usually bet on over and unders or if they're just player props. Uh, the other bet I can't quite remember. I think it was football. I think it was, um, you know, we're Titans fans over here. Tight, go tighten up, tighten up, 3-0, and o, baby. Um, but besides that, I'm just kind of little small bets here and there. You know what I'm saying? I was getting a little weight, a little bit weird with it. So I'm building it up. And, uh, you know, you know the, the, the pool's looking all right right now. I got some money to throw again, you know? That's good. Yeah, you – I mean, it only takes a couple in a row to get you back on your feet. Um, I guess I'll go through mine. I also took Jason Tatum – um, over 25 and a half in a parlay with the the over for that game five. And then I took the Celtics money or I took the Celtics spread at minus three. That one hit for me. Um, that was probably my only good bet this week. Uh, then on game five for the Lakers in Denver, uh, I took the Lakers money line, which hit. I took the over at 214 and then my stupid self – uh, took AD, you know, under one and a half, made threes. He wasn't shooting the ball a lot, um, at least from beyond the arc in these in these playoffs. And yeah. he's coming off an injury. You know, he had a real high ankle sprain, and I thought he would might be – or he, he, he could probably take it a little tentative out there, you know. And I didn't even know if he was going to play. He was cleared, and it did the exact opposite of what I did. He just – shot like five threes which i think was the <laughs> most threes that he shot in a game all yeah you never in. see 80 really shooting uh but i tell you what about let's just talk about the game winner real quick yeah was that the first I, that wasn't he's been he's been shooting was that the same game you're talking about was he shooting all game that game all three no that was game three yeah it was game two that was game three when game he, three yeah that he hit the buzzer okay but, so let's talk about this bet right now because you are up three with two minutes left. Um, <laughs> you gonna bring that one out? Yeah. So I, uh, we, I guess we, you guys know by now. Uh, we record on Sunday nights. I have a 
NFL parlay. I'm going to have to pull it up here to make sure I remember what it is. Oh, my gosh. But it's a 17, 17 parlay, all money line picks. I I know I took the Titans, the Colts, the Bucks, the Seahawks, and I'm just going to have to re-outline. The Packers. We got the Packers-Saints game right now. Right. And so all of the – I went six or seven throughout the day, came down to Sunday night, Packers-Saints. I picked the Pats. And I need them to win straight up. And it is plus three. It's plus 3,627. Jeez, dude. Threw $100 on it. We'll see. They're, You're going to split that with me, dog? I get like <laughs> a 10, 5% or something? Come on. Throw me some bones, hoop. They're up right now 10 37 to 27. So it looks like I'm going to cash that one out. That would probably be my biggest, I mean, obviously my biggest winnings for this year. And yeah. Ever of all time. Good, good, dude. You are good at betting, dude. Yeah, Y'all check I'm, out Staddy Capper, man. We fucking win money out here, dog. <laughs> like we win a lot of money out here, dude. Like saying we're, we, we're fucking, we win a lot of money, dog. That's all <laughs> I know. At least for me, I'm, I'm a degenerate. Like Liam is usually the guy, like he'll throw hundreds. And then on like stupid parlays, but like this, Liam is a, everyone else listening out here, you're probably a big fucking parlay dude too, but you never win. This guy over here on Staddy Capper, I'm telling you, they got numbers that no one else fucking knows about. And he's cranking about three grand here in about a minute and a half <laughs> of a hundred dollar bet. You kidding me, dude? <laughs> fucking hey, guys at a bar stool ain't even hitting that dog. Hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta bet big to win big. And this will probably be, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was actually surprised at all. I mean, Bears. you're gonna start betting like five hundred dollar bets now. Like you got that leg up, my guy. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'll probably stick with my hundred dollar bets. Okay, yeah, okay. I mean, we had a couple big games in in the NFL. Like the Bears came back; they were down yeah. early. Titans only won by one point. So I had some help along the way, but yeah, you gotta get, gotta get lucky sometimes for sure. No, um, GGs. Yeah. GG's. I guess let's just put it on the record here before we get out of here. We are sorry this is a shorter episode. My guy Andy is out there in, in California, so time difference is a little, you know, I guess a little sidetracked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh let's just get it on the record. Let's predict the NBA finals. Who you got winning and how many games do you got them winning in? So. I'd like to hear Chuck's prediction, but it is a guaranteed win. Lakers in six. Lakers in six. Is that what you're I putting think down? That's a, I think if I had to put money on it, Lakers in six. I don't see anything else happening. Lakers in six. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pick the Lakers, of course. Um, big Lakers guy. LeBron James threw it for Kobe. You know, let's get it done. I'm going to go, and I'm going to say Lakers in five. They're going to gentlemen sweep them four to one. I think Miami Heat might get one game. You know, who knows if Tyler Hero goes off for another big, you know, game or something like that. So I'll give I'll give the Heat one game. But, late, I mean, LeBron and the Lakers are, are wanting this one too bad, and they're not going to – I don't think they're going to mess around. They're going to get it done pretty quickly in my eyes okay so, how much you putting on the series uh 
I mean, I'll probably put I'll probably put a probably a five hundred five hundred dollar bet. Oh my gosh! I mean, I I don't even know what the the line is set. We'll find out that. I mean, we'll find out Laker or Vegas odds in the morning on Monday. Mm-hmm. They only but, got spreads for Game One. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what that line is, uh, in the morning. But yeah, I think Lakers for sure come out and dominate this series. But I guess with that, man, if you don't have anything else you want to talk about, no. Um, shout out Dash. They're they've been super appreciative or uh, super kind, and and we appreciate everything they've done. Um, I took a picture in front of Dash. It's it, it's it sucks to see LA being in a lot of protesting right now. They're all boarded up. It makes sense. Um, so just shout out to everything out here in California. I've kind of got to see it don't fucking rain out here, dude. And there's a bunch of wildfires <laughs> and the, the air looks insane. So um, just kind of want to give my respects to like all these cities out here kind of still grinding it out. Um, another thing I know we, we got merch, dude, it's coming up. Just give us a couple of weeks here. We've been grinding it out and we've been, you know, in the works of, of bringing more people on going more Joe Rogan style. Um, Liam and I, we can shoot the shit all day, but we got, we need, we need other people on here. So we appreciate everyone that's like sort of new to us since our past couple of interviews, uh, keep grinding with us. And most importantly, man, thank you and share with your moms. Yeah, we will, uh, We'll catch you next week, guys. If you want us, you know, we'll keep you uh, kind of updated daily on our social media. That's at the man, at man to man podcast on Instagram and at MTM NBA show on Twitter. But yeah, with that, we will catch you next week, guys. Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Pacer Nation. Yes, I love you guys. Share with your moms, Lisa and. <laughs>